Well, welcome back into our series on the words, the ways, and the works of Jesus Christ. It's so great that you can be with us today, and I'm so great that you can be with us either in the building today or online, and let's just pray. Let's just ask for God to come and bring a blessing upon us, bring an opening to his word for us today. So let's just pray. A gracious, loving God, we just ask that you will open up your word to us today. May you speak into our lives a truth that we may know for certain that you are our Lord and our Saviour. Oh God, may the Holy Spirit work upon us today, hearing your word for us afresh and anew. We pray this in your holy name. Amen. Now we've been uh, looking at the words, the ways and the works of Jesus through Mark's gospel an in-depth look into, into actually the life of Jesus, into what he said, into how he encouraged the disciples, into the saving works that he has done. And this week, this week which is our 19th week looking into Mark's gospel, we're going to be looking at the, the, what it means to have expectations, how we approach our faith in Jesus Christ with expectation but I would hazard a guess that most of us actually, or some of us, don't actually go with expectation in our faith. So, as, I, as we jump, before I jump into the passage, look at that, I want to ask you this question. When you come to worship, when you came to worship today, when you jumped online or came into the building, were you full of expectation? What were you expecting to happen? What were you expecting to be there? Were you expecting singing? Were you expecting some prayers or, or maybe reading the Bible, uh, some preaching? You know, here we are. We're in the middle of the preaching section, so I hope you're expecting some preaching coming there. Um, uh, were you expecting some praise, some worship? Or were you actually coming in, and then just maybe even if you're dropping in for a moment, were you expecting not very much? I hazard to guess sometimes when we come to worship, we don't expect much to happen. But, you know, I want to say, when you come to worship... You know, and, and when I come to worship, I expect God to show up. I expect the Holy Spirit to be convicting each and every one of us here and, and, and that there is going to be a life change happen when we encounter God. Expectations frame how we approach everything in our life. See, expectations, they frame how we view the world, what happens and, and how do we get our expectations? What are those things? It, it, we get our expectations from past experiences, from the information that we've gathered around previously, and, and we bring it forward into the current situation. So let me, let me uh, run this a little bit so you can actually understand a little bit about expectation. Now, some of you may know I'm a bit of a technology nerd. I, I've got a few laughs here. Um, but I, I'm not as much of a nerd as some other people in my family uh, who love the Apple Keynote uh, presentation and speeches. I can see some laughs and, uh, and smiles happening at the moment. But you see, the thing about it, you know, this time of the year, September, is, is Apple Keynote time for the release of, of new products. And there's this whole expectation that each and every year, there's going to be a range of new products come on. And lo and behold, it happened this week, and guess what? Certain people were a bit disappointed because their expectation there was going to be some new iPhones out there, but guess what? None were announced. So our expectations were there, but it didn't happen. So what 
is that expectation. You know, let, let me just rephrase it into another way. You know, when, when people first want to come into New Beginnings, and you might be dropping in for the first time in New Beginnings online, but, you know, when, when they come in for the first time, whether it's a baptism or first time that I'm chatting with people, I often have to say, you need to reframe your expectations of what church is like. Because we're not what your traditional church will be like. You know, because these expectations that people have had about church and what's been happening, is, it's actually been framed from a different point of view. They've been framed from either past experiences of church or from community norms and social expectations around what church is like. Uh, whether it's like having organ music, whether it's having hymns, whether it's standing up, sitting down, whether it's prayer books or not prayer books, whether it's um, somebody climbing up in robes with uh, all those kind of fancy bits and pieces there, climbing up into a high pulpit to give a sermon, a message, to sermonise, and you know what sermonise means? It means to speak in a soporific manner, and everybody knows what a soporific manner is, don't you? It means to speak in a way that puts people to sleep. Now, this is what people often will come to church with an expectation. Now, I hope you don't expect that you're going to fall asleep in this message today. I expect you're going to be paying attention right on the edge of your seats. Um, excellent. <laughs> I've got a woohoo in here. Fantastic. Because, you know, we, we come with expectations. Our expectations, our past experiences, the things that we've had frame how we view our current experiences. We need to be careful when we come with expectations around faith. Because if we expect nothing to happen, then that's going to be what's going to happen. See, expectations don't cause God to come into our lives. What expectations does, and I want you to really hear this, what expectations does is it opens us up to the possibility of God working within our life. It opens us up to God's work within us. When we're expecting God to be there, it opens us up to know that God is there. When we expect God not to be there, it closes us down to God being there. See, our expectations allow us to understand where God is working in our lives and in the world See, are you expecting God to show up today? Are you expecting God to change your life? Are you expecting God to come in and say a word to you today? See, our expectations are so important. So let's jump into the passage today. We'll put it back up on the screen as we've got it, and um, let's just follow along. And we're just going to look at this first section from Mark 7, verses um, 24 through to 26, and it says this. And from there he set out, that is Jesus, he set out and went away to the region of Tyre. Um, and, and this is important to note because what's been happening is that Jesus has, has been doing all this ministry around Galilee, um, which, is a, which is a Jewish territory, and he suddenly decides that he needs to head further north and off to the coast, uh, which is a non-Jewish area, a Gentile area. And he enters a house and did not want anyone to know he was there. Yet he could not escape notice. But a woman whose little daughter had an unclean spirit immediately heard about him, and she came and bowed down at his feet. Now the woman was a Gentile of Syrophoenician origin. So in other words, she wasn't a Jewish person. Notice this. She begged him to cast the demon out of her daughter. See, Jesus actually moved away from this Jewish territory and moving into Gentile territory. 
Now, you can actually kind of speculate a reasons about why this is. Now, the Bible account doesn't tell us why Jesus chose to go from one region to another, and, but we know that he, he really wanted everybody to hear the word of God. But I, I want to speculate that he, he's just been having all of this ministry happening. And Kerry gave a fantastic message last week about how um, the Jewish leaders came and, and challenged Jesus about the patterns of behaviour that his disciples were having. They were saying, you should be following our old traditions. And this is something that's been happening with Jesus more and more and more, that the Jewish leaders have been coming and questioning and accusing. And and so I think he's actually moved away from the Jewish territories, moved into another area to get some relief so he can spend some time with the disciples, can show the disciples about life and and what it means, and to to actually get some rest. Because, you know, we hear that's so important because Jesus actually went away and tried to stay somewhere without people noticing. He wanted to stay in a house without people noticing. This is, this is really important because what happens is that he couldn't stay somewhere. And that's why I think that he tried to leave that area so he could get a little bit of space, so he could do some ministry, some teaching, some time with the disciples, um, rather than always being questioned by the authorities. So what I want us to do is I want us to look at this passage through the lens of expectations. And we're going to look at the various expectations from various characters in this story and from us as observers and those people around the story as well. Because it allows us to start to see into this passage some more information. It allows us to understand how different people approach things. And the first expectation is around Jesus. See, see Jesus wanted a quiet place, didn't he? He expected to go somewhere and have a quiet place, but that didn't happen. And this kind of brings me to to the first point that I want to make. Have you ever noticed how that when you have expectations about something and they aren't met, how do you respond? How do you respond when your expectations aren't met? Do you respond with, oh, that's so terrible, or that was the worst, you know, you might have gone to a restaurant and you expect, you know, you've heard everybody else say how great that is um, and, and you actually go there and you're going, oh, I was really disappointed with the food. It was, you know, it was a bit oily and yuck. And, and you're going and, and you come back with a negative feeling into it because your expectations were up here, but it just didn't meet it. You know, when we have unmet expectations, we often come with a negative response. We often come with um, a, a grumpy attitude. I know when I, and let me talk about me for a moment, I know when my expectations aren't met, that I tend to react in a grumpy, sometimes even aggressive manner. Uh, because you want to see something happen and you're just going, you, and especially if it's really important, especially if you're really see, wanting to see things happen in, in the world and the life and you're wanting to go and it just doesn't meet it, just doesn't get to where you're expecting to be, you, you come off grumpy and a bit, and I actually have to check myself. I actually have to go, that is not the behaviour I want to have. Just because my expectations weren't met doesn't mean I need to come back in a harsh way. So Jesus has got this unmet expectation about having some quiet time away, solitude away, without having people come on board. And then what does happen? Then a Gentile woman comes. A Gentile woman comes and begs for healing for her daughter. She's not even bringing the daughter. She's just coming to Jesus in the place he's trying to be quiet because she's heard about him. 
So here's the expectation around the Gentile woman, the woman that comes. She actually had an expectation that Jesus would heal her daughter, would drive the demon out of her daughter. She, she had an expectation of, from hearing the stories of Jesus that had moved beyond the territories they'd been in, going out further and wider and wider, and she goes out and seeks him. She had an expectation, even though she was not of the Jewish heritage, Jewish faith, that she could come to Jesus and ask for healing and she would receive it. She had this high expectation. Imagine if we had that kind of expectation in our faith. If we would come to Jesus with that level of expectation, expecting that Jesus would be there, expecting God would do something in our life and be able to answer it. You know, it may be a prayer that we pray and God's going to answer it. It may be um, that God loves you above all sorts of things, an expectation that God has a care for you personally. It might be an expectation that as we come into worship that we are going to worship God with all of our heart. This will change who and what you are if we come with the expectation just as this woman came that God would show up and God would do something. Now let me reframe some of the other expectations that are happening around the place. Now there's the expectation around the religious leadership at that time. Um, and, and even though they aren't mentioned in the story, it's really important for us to actually understand this. See, the religious leaders, because just tapping in from what happened last week that as Kerry was talking, the religious leaders expected that Jesus would actually tow the party line, would actually uphold the traditions and wouldn't be breaking the rules. And that's why they were challenging Jesus that your disciples, they're not washing their hands. They're not doing the things that we've set down, the rules that we've set down, the traditions that we've set down, but Jesus breaks those. And if you haven't heard Kerry's message, I would encourage you to go and do it. Because, listen to it online and, and catch up with it because it's so important for us to do, hear what she says. See, they had an expectation that anybody that talked about God would follow their rules, would follow their behaviour and their patterns. It's important for us to understand that. So let's just jump back into Mark's gospel and let's hear the rest of this, this story about the, the Syrophoenician woman that comes to, to beg Jesus for healing for her daughter. So we're just going to put it up on the screen so we've got it all together. Now the woman was a Gentile of Syrophoenician origin. She begged him, that is Jesus, to cast the demon out of her daughter. And he said to her, let the children be fed first. For it is not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. But she said to her, for saying that, you may go to, you may go. The demon has left your daughter. And she went home, found the child lying on the bed, and the demon was gone. You know, and I love how in the New Living Translation it phrases this. When, when she says, when she answers, Jesus says, good answer to her. Great answer. That even the dogs under the table are allowed to eat the scraps from the children's plate. See, we've also got other people in this story. They're unnamed, they're the, the disciples that are with Jesus. Jesus didn't just go by himself on this journey. The, the disciples were there. And there's the disciples and the Jewish expectation that is there. 
See, we need to understand the disciples that followed Jesus, they were Jewish. And they had a lifetime of expectations on how you treated and behaved to Gentiles. They had an outside, they had an expectation that these people are outside of the faith. And I, I think when, when Jesus is actually saying to this woman that we've got to feed my children first, and we, you know, and we wouldn't throw scrap, you wouldn't throw the food to the dogs. He's actually reflecting for us that Jewish thinking. He's, I think he's talking out back exactly what the disciples would have been thinking about all this time, that this is the pattern of behaviour. And he challenges that. He actually change, changes it and challenges it and turns it around. See, they would expect that that's the way he would treat them. And it begs the question, does Jesus actually hold this view or doesn't he? And I think it's a teaching moment that he brings in here. Teaching moment to show his disciples the healing. Healing goes beyond expectation. God goes beyond our expectations. So I want to delve into this just a little bit more in just a second um, because, first of all, I just want to talk about uh, one other expectation in the passage and just, just kind of round around back into there. Because when we come into this passage, because it's important for us to understand this, we bring our own expectation into when we read it. We expect Jesus to actually behave in a certain pattern, in a certain way, based on our own expectation. You know, you know the, you know the um, Christmas carol, Silent Night, Jesus tender and mild? You know, that's often most people's expectation when it comes to Jesus. Or, or, the, or the Wesley hymn that says, uh, Jesus gentle, meek and mild. That's often what we think Jesus all needs to be. You know, this nice kind of character that does good things and tells people and saves the world. He's all really nice. So we bring this, our own expectation, our own understanding on it, based on some of these past experiences, based on past understandings. So I really think that Jesus is challenging us, not only challenging his disciples, to move out of our preconceived notion, and especially the disciples, and especially those people of the Jewish faith at that time, and for us, out of the preconceived notion that we have religious superiority. See, in that time, the Jews looked down on everybody else because they were God's chosen people. They had an expectation that God was there for them and not for other people. And so they would look down on others. They would treat others harshly and badly because of their own self-importance and self-worth. They had an expectation they were better than everybody else. They had an expectation of their own self-worth and understanding above and beyond everybody else. See, the thing is, if Jesus actually held this view, he wouldn't have even gone into that Gentile territory. He wouldn't have travelled into that area. He would have stayed in the Jewish area. He wouldn't have moved into there. He, he, he wouldn't have actually gone into a house that was most likely a Gentile house to seek time away because that would have made him unclean. So he wouldn't have actually done all of those steps and he wouldn't have actually been talking to this, this woman and he wouldn't actually then provide healing. He would have dismissed her. And said, going away. I think Jesus actually is trying to break down that, that understanding of religious superiority over one another. God is there for everybody. And the healing goes out beyond just 
a mere section of religious um, notion around the Jewish faith. It goes out to all. It breaks those bonds. So Jesus is challenging and changing this point of view. See, so often we have a self-centred expectation when we come to our own faith, when we come to our own self-worth, when we come to ourselves. We have a self-centred expectation. And let me, let me say this. It's important to have a good, healthy sense of who you are. It's important to actually understand who you are and, and, and the character of who you are and how God loves you as an individual. But you cannot get to the point where it is self-centred at the point and exclusion of everybody else. So as I wrap up today, I want to give you three habits that will help us break this self-centred expectation. As, as I've been coming here, I've been wanting to, to just focus at this first section of the passage, the first section of this gospel part, ch- chapter, around expectations. What are the expectations of being coming here? And, and when we come with self-centred expectations, there's a way that we can come to this to, that will actually break it and leave it and br- move it from us. And we're going to put it up on the screen for you. There are going to be three things for us. The first is that we need to regularly pray for other people. See, when we... The opposite to self-centred expectation is, is an expectation of humility, is to actually become a humble person, is to actually bring ourselves humbly before God and before others. And how do we do that? We regularly pray for others. Yes, we need to pray for ourselves, but we should be praying for other people. I challenge you to have a look at the, the next time you pray. Count the number of times you pray for yourself and count the number of times you pray for other people. And if it's not a balance that's starting to move towards more for others and less for self, then we're still having that expectation around your own self. You're not being humble in this process. We need to pray for others. The second thing is we need to be open and honest with others. And this is a really big thing. This is a really big thing and an important thing for us. See, as Christians, we're, 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 we're told to confess our sins but we're also told to that we should be confessing those sins to others, others in the faith. That it's not just about you as an individual, but it's you as a group. And as we start to bring ourselves openly and honestly with others, we bring all the good, we bring and also the bad to others. We start to actually bring ourselves from placing ourselves on a pedestal high above everybody else to bringing ourselves down and realizing that we have fallen short of God's glory and we need forgiveness as well. And I'm not better than the person next to me. I'm not better than another person. It actually brings our expectation, our self-centered expectation down. And the third thing that we can do is promote other people. See, it's, our society is so, so built on promoting ourselves pushing ourselves, saying we are better than other people. We, we have education systems, we have um, exam system, we have entry into other, you know, into universities, we have work things. They're all about promoting yourself as being the best possible thing, what we need to do and promote yourself in order to get the job. And we need to do that. We need to say that we are good at things. But how great it is when you start promoting other people. How great is it that you can, you know, somebody says, can you do this job for me? And you go, actually, I know somebody that could do this and do it better than me. Do you want to have a chat with them? You know, promote another person, bring them to the forefront rather than you. This will help us 
because it changes our focus from ourselves to others. So as we come and we look at the expectations, the expectations that Jesus had at a quiet time, the expectations of the religious faith, the expectations of the woman to receive healing from Jesus for her daughter, the expectations of, of the disciples and the Jewish faith, our expectations, and the expectation that we're the centre of everything. As we bring this and want to see God work in our lives, we need to realise that we need to move beyond our own personal expectation to an expectation that involves God showing up and doing amazing things and that we will work humbly for God's kingdom in this world. So let's just pray. And Lord, change our expectations of what it means to be a disciple, what it means to be a Christian, what it means to be coming into faith, what it means that you will show up. Change our expectation that you will be a God that will challenge us, will change us, will, will talk into our lives and, and allow us to be the best possible person that we can be. But Lord, help us to be a humble person in the same time. Help us to, to expect that God is going to work. Help us to expect that God's grace is going to flow. Help us to expect that we are loved and chosen by you. Help us to expect that we will live a life of worship. Help us to expect that we can be humble and that you will guide our lives. Help us to be full of expectations, Lord. Expectations of you working through us and in us. Open us up, Lord, to your Holy Spirit today. Talk to us, guide us, lead us, challenge us. Bring us close. We pray this in the power of Jesus' name.